In the last episode, we contextualized traffic lights for your mind by analogizing with driving on the freeway. We showed how stop, wait, and go were equivalent to watching your speed, avoiding highway hypnosis, and knowing when to go into cruise control. In this episode, I show how to get from stop to go and the various decision points in between. I provide a framework for how to apply the stop-wait-go process. By mastering this process, we can go from irrational to intentional. My name is Aruna Krishnan, author of the Busy Mind series, a trilogy that helps leaders thrive. Welcome to Lead That Thing, a podcast that empowers women in their lives, businesses, and careers. Chapter 5. Process Overview The process starts with a negative situation. When faced with a negative situation, the first thing to focus on and understand is your state of mind. This determines the risk of overreacting. If calm and collected, you can safely proceed to the decision-making and action phase. In other words, go. On the other hand, if you're feeling restless and agitated, then you need to walk through the three-step process of stop, wait, go. So let's start by looking at the stop phase. This is the most challenging step in the process. From personal experience and observation, the key to mastering this skill is practice. It takes a lot of willpower and self-discipline. It requires being open to a new way of thinking. I was able to adopt this process after accepting the fact that we create our own stress. Whether it's a situation or a person causing our stress, we have to remember that we can choose how to respond when faced with those circumstances. By stopping, we allow ourselves to have some space. That space gives us a chance to drop our defenses and just be. It helps us get back to our baseline mood and vitals, which in turn puts us in the right frame of mind for the wait stage. We cannot proceed to the wait stage until we've calmed down. Proceeding without this prerequisite would only result in a poor and incomplete execution of that phase. Now let's look at the wait phase. This step is where most of the analysis occurs. These are some of the questions we can ask ourselves. Have you identified the possible causes of stress? Have you considered the other person's point of view? Have you put this in the context of the bigger picture? Have you identified possible solutions? Once we've cycled through these questions in earnest, we're likely to have a plan of action that is less erratic. It'll likely be logical, kind, or even considerate. Being able to look at things from a 15,000-foot viewpoint usually reveals that things are not as bad as we make them out to be. The biggest factor in making this step successful is our willingness to consider someone else's angle. In most cases, we don't care enough to do that. We just vilify them if they cause us trouble. 
This basically makes us blame them for everything and we just sit around feeling annoyed. We certainly can't make them change how they behave, but we can change how we think or respond. So why wouldn't we? I'm not saying we always have to give in or compromise. Instead, we should consider whether there is a need for empathy on our part. If the problem goes beyond showing empathy, we can either have a direct conversation with them, get help to solve the conflict, or worst case, part ways. Once we've formulated an action plan, we can move on to the go phase. Once we approach the go phase, all the hard work has been completed. We've taken the time to evaluate our problems and the root causes. We've also broadly outlined a potential solution. Whether the problem was relationship-based or situation-based, we're in a position to tackle it. Because we've gone through the three-step process, we are able to move forward with genuinely good intentions. Once we've become experts at applying the three-step process, the cycle time between initial negative thought and go becomes significantly less. By using this model, our actions are well thought out and have a tone of positivity. This therefore increases the odds of receiving a positive response in return. To summarize, there are some key decision points to help us navigate from stop to go. When we're faced with that negative situation, the first thing we need to do is understand if we have a restless mind. If we don't, we can go ahead and take action. But if we do, we have to take the time to stop. The decision point between the stop phase and the wait phase is to check if our vitals are normal, to check if we've reached that state of calm. If we haven't, we go back to the stop phase. We repeat and get ourselves there. If we've reached a state of calm, we can go forward to the wait phase. Now here is where we ask ourselves a lot of questions about the situation. We take the time to understand where things are coming from and what the situation is and what the potential options are. Then we have to look at have we done enough justice to the wait phase. If not, we continue cycling through some questions. If we have, we can proceed to the go phase. And we are usually assured that we will take a positive action. You can find this process summarized in a process flow diagram in my book, Stop, Wait, Go, Rules for a Busy Mind on Amazon.com. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Stay tuned to Lead That Thing by subscribing on any of the podcast platforms. Next week, I talk through a couple of lifelike examples that I've included in the book, including a husband and wife, a mother and son, best friends, and show how the stop-wait-go process can be applied in each of those relationships to make them healthier and less stressful. Thanks for joining me, and until next time, Lead that thing.